This is the strategy inside everything. I'm Adam Pierno. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Strategy Inside Everything. It this is a uh, exciting day for me. I am talking to a CEO, and that's exciting for me. Um, today's guest joins us. She was a strategist at one point in her career and has climbed the ranks to lead Omelet as the CEO. Welcome to the Strategy Inside Everything. This is Thaz Nassimuddin. Thank you. Nice to be here. How are you today? I'm doing great. Sun shining. We can't complain. <laughs> I know. I know. It's nice. It's nice when that when we finally get to springtime. Are you? Do things slow down for you guys in summer, or is it just go go go? It's summer is usually our busiest time, so this is sort of our our little ramp up into into what will hopefully be a really busy summer. Why is that? That's pretty unusual. Usually, uh, agencies tend to have that slow doldrums period as everybody goes on vacation. Not true for you. <laughs> Not for us. It's actually interesting if you look at our business cycle and just sort of how things work, and maybe we're a little unusual like that, but our years tend to be a little quieter at the very, very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, so the Jan, Jan Feb tends to be sort of our ramp up. And then, you know, typically we've been, we're busiest in spring, summer. So, ah. and then things start to, it's just, it's just, the, it's our way. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Um, before we get going on our conversation, I wonder if you could give people a sense of your background, just kind of high level overview of your career before you before you got to your current role. Absolutely. So I'm going to go, I'm going to wind all the way back because everybody wants to go that far. I, I would like to. I, <laughs> I'm Canadian. So I grew up back in Calgary, Alberta. Um, so grew up out there, came out to America for university um, and spent kind of the first part of my, my life and career in San Diego. Um, I kind of came into the, the career world or my ambitions were really around AI. And this was now 20 years ago, uh, back when that really wasn't a thing, uh, but just the idea. So I, I actually started in cognitive psychology and, co and cog science, but uh, I ended up evolving that as my love for calculus started to wane <laughs> as I was going through school uh, and decided to kind of stay, lean more into the psychology side of things. So I was, I was in developmental psychology, um, realized on graduation that being a preschool teacher was not going to be for me, learned some really important life lessons in that space, uh, things I still use to this Day. Not that I work with preschoolers, <laughs> but the psychology of learning and how we develop uh, is one of those really critical things that I think I had early on. Uh, and then I ended up not really knowing what I was going to do. And so I ended up getting an MBA uh, because I was like, good, something multidisciplinary. I have lots of doors I could potentially open. I was really interested in organizational design. Um, so from there, uh, I ended up getting an internship at an ad agency. Uh, and it was a small design slash ad shop in San Diego. Yep. Uh, and, and I, it, you know, at the end of the, at the end of our session, uh, they're like, do you want to be a planner? And in truthfulness, I had just learned what a planner was by being at the agency. And I was like, this sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I'm like, and it was at the beginning of a financial crisis. So I was like, I have a job. Yeah. This is amazing. I will do whatever is needed. I, if there's a mop needed, exactly. I've got it. I'm on this. Exactly. So we were just getting into that time. And 
um, again, I think I got into the industry at a really interesting time because things like digital was definitely all kind of coming to coming into its own. Social was coming into its own. So I think as a strategist, it was a really interesting time to kind of be in communications and really thinking about the impact of digital and technology on how we communicate. Yeah. And that's really the lens that I had for the first few years of my career. And I think I continue to have that um, even as I, I, as I sit in the position that I'm in now. And from there, I kind of went to a series of different agencies, uh, kind of big ones and small ones. So Ushayat Day, uh, and I went, I was over at BBH, uh, was like employee number eight over there. And it was really fun being like the first of a big giant agency that I've admired for so long, uh, but being able to kind of be a part of a startup. Yeah. And you, uh, you opened the LA office, right? Yeah. So it was it was a really fun time. And I think, you know, from there, I went on to Deutsch and got kind of more of my big agency experience, which was great. Um, and then finally, I've landed here at Omelette. Um, and I've been here for over five years, um, which is a very long time for me. Uh, so <laughs> as one would see, if you look at my career path, I, I, I did jump around a lot. And, and honestly, like I, you know, I, I remember I like talking about it, because I think there's such a stigma that's attached to kind of moving around and being mobile, particularly as strategists. The reality is I think we all have insatiable curiosity and like that's yeah. what you can, and like, and sometimes you're just looking for that. And it's not necessarily that you're not committed to a thing, but the way that you kind of have to feed your strategic spirit um, is one that you kind of, you have to be a little bit more transient. Um, so that was, that was like, that's my, my rationale, but I, I stand by it wholeheartedly. And I, you know, I talk really candidly about it, even to folks at our agency too, because I'm like, I know that I, I'm like, I experienced that and I am not necessarily the CEO who is that upset when people are like, I need to try something new. I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. I'm like, we love you. You've done a great job here, but maybe it is time to kind of grow those wings and fly. You're not the uh, you're not the person who takes it personally when when people give you their notice. You you can't unless you've done something wrong as an organization, yeah. which also happens. Sure. Um, and that's where I think you have to be really realistic about it. But for the most part, when folks are ready, I think you're you're ready, and you know, and no one can tell you outside of the only person that really knows is yourself. Yeah. So. I think it's a it's a good philosophy that kind of again helped me I think shape my managerial prowess and kind of who I am today. Um, and obviously this this translated into my roles at at Omelet. So I started in as a chief strategy officer. I evolved into the role of the managing director and chief strategy officer. So my purview kind of expanded to our account management and brand management teams um, as well as business development. Um, and that naturally kind of forayed into in the in the next couple of years um, the the CEO role that I'm in right That's now. That's such an interesting path. When you were um, in that role as the tool, the dual roles of CSO and managing director, were you transitioning from active strategy work, client leadership, and into more and more management of the the you know the management director role, and that led you into the CEO role, or was there something more something more at work there? 
Truly, I think with with our agency and and given our size, we're about sixty people. Um, there there isn't. It's not the the lines are much blurrier. So I think even as a chief strategy officer, you're already very in, involved in the business itself. Right. So the the evolution wasn't as wasn't as stark. So it really was. And you know, a lot of the time they talk about you know you should get your promotion when you're already doing the job, uh, and that's really part of of our philosophy at Omelet and and honestly, it was part of kind of my evolution as well. And my relationship with our now chairman, who's our former CEO, it was a very, and, you know, we, we talk about it a lot. Like it was actually a very smooth transition from one to the other, because we'd been already doing it for a couple of years. Um, and we had that, you know, again, every, every month or every week, it's like, if it's a different kind, there's a different kind of responsibility. And I guess that's another thing is being sort of the curious person that I am. I've always wanted to like, learn more, understand more, even if it's not directly involved, like kind of part of my strategic role. Uh, I really loved learning more about the business. And I think I was really pulling on a lot of the things that I had, I had a dual focus in my MBA of management and marketing. Uh, and as I started to kind of evolve into the managing director role that then became the CEO role, it really was about kind of utilizing some of the skills that had really just sit, sat dormant for, you know, 15 years uh, and been like, oh, that's where I apply it. So like, <laughs> it's great to know that that works. <laughs> Were you waiting for that opportunity? Was it just lying in wait was, or, or not even thinking? I had about? no idea. I was just like, wait, I have this in a textbook somewhere. I have heard about how we manage EBITDA. And I'm like, I know these things. This is great. I actually have an ability to kind of pull on some of that knowledge. And I think that's a really typical thing for strategists too, because we all have, it might not be business acumen. It might be something else. We all have this battery and bank of random knowledge yes. that we have and we pull on in different ways and different spaces. And I think that sort of became part of it. It was, it was certainly strategic relative to kind of where my career growth went, but really it, I didn't anticipate, I never in a million years anticipated being a, an agency CEO. That was not on the, the docket. It wasn't in the, <laughs> the plan. Uh, but I think again, I evolved into this role that was, that was a lot more natural than, than I initially thought it would be. Yeah. And that's, that's, I guess you wouldn't have mapped it that way. CSO is probably the title that maybe if, you know, I'll stay with it long enough to get to that role and then see what happens, but it's not always a direct transition to CEO from, from strategy role. No, no. And I think, I, I think that the, the one thing that is interesting is that all of our skills as strategists really can be utilized. And, and if you're a certain kind of strategist, I'm not saying every single strategist is built to be kind of the business type of person or business centric person. But I think that all of the things that we have as fundamentals. So they, just being able to strategize for brands and clients and being able to utilize those skills to help create, help develop creative work. All of that is really useful when you think about running a business mm -hmm. as well. It's like, I, I think of myself as, yes, I'm the CEO, but I'm really the strategist for the agency um, and thinking about our business strategically, whether it's how we launch initiatives, whether it's how we're launching our own work um, and really kind of putting that critical eye on our own brand and thinking about it through that lens versus just being kind of the, the typical CEO. Do you, are there processes you used as a planner or, you know, things, checklists that you worked your way through as you were problem solving when you were a planner that you still apply today that you still realize you're, you're following kind of the same program? 
Oh yeah. I mean, if you look at my agency, cause we, you know, I'm, I'm, I am quite diligent relative to uh, making sure we have annual plans. We have annual strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at that, they, they lay out almost identically to strategies that I've done my whole career. Uh, it just looks like the one it's just for our business mm-hmm. versus again, for our clients. Um, and yet, and it's not just marketing centric. And, and again, it kind of pulls on some of the things that I, I worked on really early in my career and, and, and in my kind of education relative to business, uh, but kind of pulling those things together. And just throughout my career, I've always been a bit more of an upstream strategist anyways. Like I I'm, I love working with creative, but I also can vacillate in the boardrooms and kind of work with, with clients on business strategy mm-hmm. projects um, and tie all of the fun, interesting, creative work that we're doing back to business objectives and back to business imperatives. Um, so that's part that part has really served me well in this role because again, I'm doing that all day long. Yeah. Which part of your approach to strategy do you think makes you the most successful? Is it, is it the alignment to business initiatives and being able to tie it back to business goals and outcomes, or is it the open-mindedness and curiosity that I've heard you express that had you learn in calculus and then had you go get your MBA and had you not done each of those things, you wouldn't be who you are and the, the, I can see the wheels turning while you're talking. It's incredible. Um, like, do you, have you thought much about which aspect of your approach has applied most directly or, or do you consider a strength? I, it's interesting. Years ago, I was asked what my career mission was. And I think it's a really great question to ask people who are kind of later in their career or or deciding like which fork to go down, because I think it addresses just what you're asking. Um, When when I think about what my career ambition really is, it's really helping creative people be better business folks and business people be better creatives. So what I try to do is sit in the middle, which is not an easy place to be, but I, I've, I was fortunate in that I do speak the language of creativity. I have the, I, I have enough acumen and true curiosity in that space to still drive kind of my own authenticity. And I think, you know, our people feel it, our, you know, my, my clients feel it, but I also, the other side of it is, is harshly, harshly business-minded and extremely rational. Um, and, and I think I'm able to couch it in sort of my more creative spirit, uh, but the rea- I, I'm very aware of realities. I'm probably slightly too realistic a lot of the time. Uh, that's something I'm really working on even, even today. Uh, the idea of being an entrepreneur, which is a very different kind of creative, is something that's very challenging for me because I know that X plus Y equals Z. And I'm like, there is a formula to that. And I understand that. And I know how to get there. Um, being an entrepreneur adds sort of an extra element. Oh, man, many other, many extra elements, right? It, there's a A, a B, a W. Yeah. <laughs> there's lots of stuff that's just rolling around in that. That makes it a lot more challenging um, just as someone who's, who's fairly linear in that respect. But then also I juxtapose that with I am obsessed with creativity. I, I love the I love the business that we're in. Um, I love it when we challenge ourselves to be much more inspiring and much more different. We don't do it enough anymore. And and I I realize the reality, but the 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 scary type A side of me definitely understands why we've become who we are as marketers. Uh, so it's a balance. Like every day is like vacillating between these two sides of my brain, uh, which is really fun, but but also somewhat tired. Why did you describe the type A side as scary? 
Oh, you know, it's like this, as much as everybody loves to hear me talk about EBITDA all day, uh, it is, <laughs> and, and, and driving, driving growth. I think there's, there are things that as a CEO, I'm very responsible to, and, and, and again, I, I take it very seriously, uh, but it's all packaged in kind of who I am as a person yeah. and the things I'm actually interested yeah. in. Yeah, there's, um, Something you said I want to go back to. You, you've had experience at big agencies. You talked specifically at BBH about the opportunity to be in that big agency system, but have the the thrill, I would call it a thrill of like the new startup uh, within that system. Omelette is 60 people. How do you think about the push and pull of big agency, small agency as you're creating processes and, and shaping omelet to be what you want it to be? I, the, there's something that I learned at the big agencies, and I, I do have quite a bit of reverence to, is, is the, the, the idea of being dedicated to process and being, and having, having kind of, uh, having structure. Because I, I do think that it's real easy for smaller shops, independents, um, startups to, to kind of get into this somewhat frenetic and wild space, which I'm not saying that we never are, uh, but we've really actively worked towards getting some structure, um, getting process, um, but understanding and the, the part of the small agency startup that I love is the idea that we still live in the gray. We have black and white things to help direct mm -hmm. us and to help shape things. Um, and honestly, I think the idea of process can make creatives feel more secure. Um, at the end of the day, if everything is just kind of left to the skies, um, it, it can actually be somewhat paralyzing from a creative perspective, totally. particularly in the time like we we're living in right now. Uh, but I think allowing ourselves to have a bit of a box, but understanding that the lines of the box can be gray. And sometimes we're gonna have to change things. Again, this last year, 18 months has taught us nothing else. Like we, is that we have to be able to change and shift and do it on a dime um, and still come out the other end of it. Even if it, even if it goes horribly, take a lesson away from it. Take a lesson away from it and do it better the next time. Um, and that's something that's been really important to my time with Omelette, particularly in the in the CEO role, was was experimenting with things. I mean, experimenting with a pandemic uh, has, you know, that's been that's been fun. It's like over half of my time. I have not, I've been being a CEO of a remote workplace was again not in the cards, but it just required, it requires a lot of trust and they have an excellent team. Um, and I think there's there's huge amounts of trust within our leadership team. So that helps us a lot, but being able to just kind of ride whatever the next day, what the next day brings you uh, has, been, has been one of the greatest lessons I've ever learned in my career. Yeah, that's incredible. Your perspective coming from that that collection of agencies from, from BBH and Deutsch during that, that time you were there, particularly, it was like on a killer run when you were there. It was amazing. Yeah. And and BBH was so special. We we had a creative leader there, Pella Chanel, um, who is is a is was so extraordinarily inspiring. Um, and I think that you know I, I feel so fortunate to be able to have crossed paths with him, um, and and to be able to get to know people in that capacity in the capacity of eight people. Yeah. Um, like there is a different relationship than knowing the ECD at, at a two hundred person agency where they're kind of a person in meetings with you. 
Exactly. And I think that's a lesson that I learned. And that's something that I take with me in what I do today. I think it's so incredibly important for management and leadership to be accessible and to be, I mean, this world has challenged it like nothing else. Uh, but to be able to be like, that's what you really can get out of a smaller agency uh, is the access to folks who have been through it, who've done a lot of interesting things and kind of been through tough times as well. Mm -hmm. And be able to kind of learn from some of that is, is something that we can share that you don't always get at the thousand person shop. Oh, for sure. You, early in your career, you did some pretty crazy and cool stuff. And what I wonder, I always look at leaders at, at any business and I wonder how those early experiences shape the way they view the experiences they're making for their staff or their company when they get into that leadership role. Have you, have you thought much about how you apply some of the early projects that you got to work on, some of the early brands that you got to work on towards how you are building and designing the experience for employees at Omelette? For sure. I mean, there is, I was really fortunate to work on some, some big pieces of work early in my career and, and also understand, I think, just really getting my arms around the politics of big brands um, and, and understand because like there's great work that comes out and you're like and everybody loves it for maybe three minutes and then it goes away but that takes years to make it takes years of research it takes years of qual research and you know all of those pieces so it, it makes me appreciate that that work and that kind of relationship even more um, and I think just understanding what bureaucracies are as well and and I think that you know we can do that from even from an agency perspective, like I, when I was at one of the big shops, I must've had five different bosses at one yeah. point, like literally just the layers between myself and my chief strategy officer. And, and, you know, you, you wonder about the efficacies of those things. Yeah. And we've, I mean, given, given our size, we've been pretty, we're, we're pretty efficient. Uh, efficient is always the shrouded word for just like, y'all got to do more than you think. <laughs> <laughs> But it is, but it, 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 I think it's a really fun space to be in too, because you get the autonomy, you get the, the ability to kind of shape your, your, your own thinking the way you want to. Uh, but, but I think that those big brands, when you're, when you're more kind of junior in your career are really helpful because it's real frustrating too. And you think that it's going to be a lot quicker and easier than it is. Um, you, it's not the hours or the amount of work, but you don't fully recognize kind of the, 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 the structures that can hold you back from doing great work. Yeah. So are, are you, so you're obviously mindful of the structure you're setting up that kind of what the shape of the org chart is to keep people coming up with ideas and creating things from feeling that crushing weight above them in the org chart that prevents the, the work from moving forward or getting advanced in some meaningful way. Yeah, and I also think it comes back to a little bit of the mission I was talking about earlier is helping our creative people be better at business. Um, and that includes the creatives and all the people who have, you know, big C or little C creative in their titles. It's important for everyone to understand the business context of things. Um, and it doesn't mean that everyone needs to have, you know, like the, needs to be able to read a PL and whatnot, but it is important to understand and empathize with our clients about kind of what are the realities that they are working with um, and really like how do we use that 
as the fuel and the fire that really helped push our ideas forward versus just like, oh, it's like, oh, the budget's smaller again. I mean, yes, budget smaller is never fun. However, like how can we be more creative in this space? Because clearly there's a business imperative that's actually driving that. It's not that people don't want to spend more. Uh, it yeah. is, it, it, it's, be, it's, but having that sense of empathy and I'm really proud of our people at Omelette uh, for being, able to kind of work within that. And, and I think it helps us a lot. A lot of our clients are internal creative agencies as well. So they are us. Like these are these are old colleagues and these are old, these are people that we've seen in our careers before, but now our client side um, and it's working with them. So it's not that the the relationship between client and agency is is different today. And I think that's the and everybody and their you know aunt says that you're collaborative. Uh, yeah. But it's like you you have to be it takes a different level of collaboration to truly manifest the empathy that you have for their business. Um, Cause that's just something that I think that a lot of, because we're so removed from the money side of things in agencies, I think that we, we lose a little bit of, of that. And that's something that we endeavor with our, with all of our teams um, to be conscientious of and to be open about. Yeah, not just disconnected from the the money side of it, but disconnected from the the organizational pressure that comes from the at the client side, where yeah. it's hard for a creative team always to know. Okay, I'm going to go show it to the client, and why did why did they kill it? Well, yeah. let me tell you about the 25 other meetings they had to have about not just the the thing you're bringing, the website or the app, but the the product itself you know they've had 15 meetings just about that that changed the detail that you focused on as your key attribute in the spot and so it's dead oh yeah i mean we i've worked on apps and things like that that we bring to clients who were like gosh this is the best thing you could possibly do why is this so hard yeah. and <laughs> you know and then we learn about actually the basket size is only seven items. And if you have, if your ambition is to actually have 12 items, the whole site's going to crash and we're going to have a lot of problems. Like those are just things that particularly as you're, you're maneuvering the digital space, you truly have to understand all of the like business fundamentals that go into every idea you make, because if it wants to be a true utility, you have to work within the organization. Otherwise it's like, it's just a piece of like, interesting Marcom, uh, like it, but if you want it to help be a business changer and a business mover, you've got to be able to get as much of the nitty gritty as possible. Yeah. You got to connect it all for them and make it make sense. Do you have training in place? You know, you talked about making creative people better at business, business people, better creative. Do you have training either way for either people in either capacity to expand on that? Yeah, so one of the things that we do, and it's it's a really it's a strange and fortunate thing we have, uh, but our chairman is actually he didn't come from advertising, so he's actually he comes from like the finance world, and we we hold several sessions a year uh, where he helps lead kind of again essentially like financial literacy, um, whether it's kind of personal finance things or just walking through agency P and Ls as well and talking about kind of what things mean, and that's something that we've done kind of between a formally and informally year 60 person agency um, over the course of the, the few, last few years. But 
The other thing that we're really working towards is a more comprehensive L&D program this year. Um, it's a really challenging thing to it do. Is. Like as a, we're a hundred percent self-funded independent. So every dollar we have in, it's like, it's, it's a careful, it's careful management. It's like, do we need a person or do we need to do training? Like there aren't any, it's, it's not, this is a zero sum game because it's one thing yes. of money and that's it. Um, and, but so, but L&D has been very much on our, our radar for a long time. And um, I think this, year is really where we're trying to solidify some of that that's we've done it in more informal ways or one-off ways about really trying to create institutionalize it more for the org um, has been has been one of our challenges because again clients are clients and you're at their you're at their roller coaster wins some days but uh, it's something that's been really important to us to, to help with that because I think yeah. as an industry we don't do a great job of L&D uh, we try hard we I think we talk about it a lot um, I've done, I do a lot of mentorship work I work with MAPE I work with the I work with the city as well uh, just particularly looking at new kinds of talent who are coming coming up in the industry but it's really really challenging um, to be able to create programs for the first time like, and we and we just don't do I that think, and we wonder why we wonder why our talent is, is leaves yeah us. i think we know we need to do it but it's hard to actually like you said it's a zero-sum game that that budget has to come from somewhere that time has to come from somewhere if it comes yeah. from client work then that's hours you're not billing so yeah. And I mean, and there's always, there's, there's such uh, the, there's every single thing I do. It's a calculation of some sort because yes, you're losing client time, but you're probably also gaining skills that then will be used more efficiently or more effectively for client time in the future. So are you building for today? Or are you building for the future? And, and that's a, that's a really hard thing to balance, particularly when you're independent, because you are, you are building the the airplane whilst you're flying it like that is just every single day yeah. um and and it's it's not it's not for the faint of heart no and there, there's no holding company to go make a budget request for them there's there's no nope. you gotta earn you nope. gotta earn it to make it totally <laughs> what uh, if any what advice do you have for strategists looking to get to the to a seat similar to yours i think it's i i I, I guess one of the big things is, is don't work towards being a CEO, be the very best person in your role that you can possibly be. Because I think when you have, because I, I see it, I've seen it throughout my career, where there are people who have their eyes squarely on the C-suite, on the CEO role, and that becomes their end-all be-all. But they, they forget to kind of take the moments that they're in right now. It's not just about achievement. It's not just about getting to the, the next like little pull to like, and just be planting that in the earth and saying, this is where I'm at. It's like, it's about understanding and appreciating the experiences that get you there. Mm -hmm. uh, because if you don't take that time, if you don't take that moment of self-reflection, it's really hard to be able to manage this kind of role when you're here. Uh, and that's, that's something that I spend a lot of time just Think being more self-reflective, I think it's very much a, a trait of many strategists. Uh, we we overthink everything, uh, but I think that is it's critical for us to be able to kind of look back and, and ask yourself why you want to be it. Like I, I again, I ask myself all the time, and I'm here. I'm like, <laughs> why do you want to be? Why do you want to be in this role? Like, what is driving it? Is it the title? Is it the like? Is it the monikers of success? 
Or do you feel like you can really make an impact on the industry, on the business, on your client's business? And there are no wrong, right or wrong answers in any of that, but you have to be clear about why you're doing it. Otherwise, it's just, I feel like you could, because this role takes a lot. Like I, I don't mince words when I say like, it takes a lot of, of out of you emotionally. It takes a lot of you physically, yeah. just because it's like, it's, it's not the best role for everyone. (laughs) Some days I wonder about myself, Uh, but it's like, but it's, but it's one that I, you know, I take with, with great reverence and I, I'm so appreciative of this, but it it is, it's hard. Uh, And I think it's hard. And I I talk a lot about it being quite lonely uh, because it's not, it's not the kind of role where, particularly if you're a strategist and you love working with people, and that is what I still do. I rely so much on my teams, but there are moments that you as an individual have to make a decision and that is your decision and your decision alone. Um, and sometimes people love it, sometimes people hate it. Uh, and you can't you can't control what other people think of it, but that's, it's a, it's a tough transition. It's, it's, it's not always, it's not always fun. Yeah, you, you, you graduate to a place where you don't have a peer group anymore at that, at that level. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where it's important to have, you know, your, your peer network outside of your agency and have sounding boards and have people that you really trust. Uh, And I think that works. That's, that's for any manager. I think it's so important for us to be able to lean into our networks because this is not an easy industry to navigate by yourself. Uh, I don't recommend that to anyone. And I, I think that, you know, sources like this podcast are, are amazing as well, because I think you, it, it provides you with something that makes you feel less alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in some, particularly in the world that we're in today, but even when you're in an agency, I remember being in my first agency, I was one of like a couple of strategists and it was a very lonely existence. Um, and you feel like you don't have other people who share this, not only the same interests, but the same ambition. Um, and, and I think it's just, it's, it's important to feel support. Do you, you mentioned management early in our conversation and you, you just brought it up again. And have you always been a natural manager? You, you, I can tell just from talking to you that your people who report to you must love you. Oh, that, that's very kind. I don't know if they'd all I mean, say that. I mean, I don't think they would say it all the time, but I, I can just tell from yes. your manner that, that, they pro- that people probably do uh, get a lot from working with you and for you. I appreciate that. I think I think a big part of it was I've I've been in a coaching role for most of my life. So I was a figure skating coach when I was 17 and I first moved to America. Uh, and, and I think that has always been there's the role of a coach is is critical to an agency as well. Like the idea of being you're we're, I'm not here to win the medals anymore. Like that, that's, that time has passed. It was fun. It was great. My time is now to make other people better, great and amazing at what they Mm do and how I can, and I don't know how to do everyone's job at, at an agency. I don't know how to be an art director or be a designer or be a producer, but what I can do is help shape goals, help shape plans that will get you to that place. And so I think that the natural management side actually comes from the coaching because it's all about incremental learning. And it's all about how that incremental learning can get you to specific goals. Um, And knowing that to celebrate those little midpoints and where we can celebrate and where you also have to have a little bit of tough love. Uh, Because sometimes, again, if you're an ice skater, you're falling a lot. Um, And you kind of have to keep going. And I think that's a very similar thing for the world we live in. That's so interesting. Um, Daz, I want to thank you so much for making time. This has been so great getting to know you and hearing how you think. I, I feel like 
I could ask you a question and you would have a competent, enthusiastic answer for almost any subject I could throw at you. It's, it, I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, this you is, studied calculus. This is years you have, of being a strategist. Yeah, it's like you could talk on any subject. I could, I could just tell. I was watching you. <laughs> I was watching you go, and I'm like, oh, where is this going to go now? I'm so excited to find out. <laughs> I, I don't know either most of the time, but it's, it, it is again. I think these are all skills that we develop as strategists. Like there is the ability to think on your feet and the ability to kind of relate back to who, the people that you're talking to, active listening, all of those things are skills as strategists that you take for any career path. You can be a CEO, you can be anything with those skills. Uh, so I'm always, always happy to have that as a background. Do you teach that thinking on your feet or do you encourage strategists to figure out how to harness that and, and hone that skill? It's definitely something I encourage. It's not, and and honestly, it's it's a very difficult thing to teach. I think it's you you a lot of it is trial by fire. Um, I think you learn to do this by being put in the pit a few times yes. and not doing it right and actually coming up with the wrong answer, but doing it anyways. I think that's the part that you know making sure that people have enough of those opportunities is what's important. Which is where I'm also very excited to one day head back into an office and be able to actually do some of that stuff more real time because the zoom world doesn't facilitate it quite as well as real life does. I know I'm, I'm also anxious to have more much more face-to-face -face and and share space around the table with with people much more frequently than we're totally. than we're doing now so, totally. so that's where can people find you online uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I am at Thaz7. This is where I came into the internet probably five days too late. So T-H-A-Z-7 um, and yeah, that's, and LinkedIn. Perfect. I will put links to both of those in the, uh, awesome. the show notes. And thank you again. This was uh, time well spent for me. I, I think people are going to love hearing from you. Oh, thank you so much for having me again. Adam. Awesome. Pleasure. Strategy Inside Everything is produced by me, Adam Kierno. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. It really helps. If someone shared this with you and you're just not sure where you could find it, you can go to specific.substack.com and sign up there to get episodes before everybody else. For more information about me, Adam Kierno, you can go to adampierno.com. There's information about my books, my speaking, and my strategy work. Have an idea for a guest? Send it my way. Just go to adampierno.com and you'll find a form there that'll help you connect. Thanks for listening.